Welcome to Grog Talk, Episode 9. Dan is a crazy, Episode 9. It's, uh, it just keeps happening. And so I'm sure you, our listeners see we're a little bit different once again this week because Dan is at GaryCon. So I'm James. I'm Dan. I'm Joe. Hey, so Joe, welcome to the show. Uh, maybe you can introduce yourself. Well, um, I am an re- uh, 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 Getting into, I guess, uh, uh, first edition D and D. Uh, Dan and I used to play back in the eighties, uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, I'm just getting back into it. And he uh, won me over to come in the Garrycon, so here I am, and it's been a blast so far. Oh, okay. So you guys knew each other from back in the day, then? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A long so, time. Yep. Yep. We uh, when we were in college, uh, we were still playing, and uh, yeah. Yeah, play first edition. I think Joe's taking a longer break than me because your breaks probably spans more than thirty years, right? <laughs> yeah, well, there's a couple intermittent uh, uh, games here and there. Got it. Like in New York and stuff like that, but uh, nothing consistent. Yeah. All right. All right. So, well, that's great. Um, so maybe we'll start with you, Joe, since this is your first uh, first Gary Con. What did you ex- what did you think the convention was going to be like? Maybe you can also tell us about your previous uh convention experience and and how has it been so far because we're about halfway through it um well a previous convention experience i've been to a couple like just more like gamer or comic cons type of things in uh, philadelphia fairly recently um very different uh than 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 this obviously i think people here are more just uh down to business getting into the games uh, and uh, there's less of the, uh, I think, less of the extraneous stuff like the uh, the cosplay and stuff that you would see at Comic Cons and stuff like that. I, I think I expected more of that here, and there is some, but uh, people are more just uh, into the actual uh, gaming itself and take that very seriously, um, which is which is good in a lot of ways. And so, like, uh, it's 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 definitely less. Uh, Less uh, flamboyant, if you agree with uh, if that's the right word. Joe, Joe, Joe is disappointed about the lack of cosplay. Yeah, I thought there'd be, oh, more, okay. like, I thought there'd be more like orcs and stuff running around. Right. <laughs> he made the right move not bringing his orc costume. Yeah. Or at least not wearing it. I have a Witch King Magmar costume I wore for uh, Halloween two years ago. That's that really, really good. I like. I, I was like, eh, I'm not doing it. You should run a game in that <laughs> next year. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. In, in the nah. Witch King. <laughs> Are, are Joe, are you just a participant, or are you actually hosting a game? This, this purely uh, 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 playing and observing. That's the, not the true. Spectacle. That's not true. Well, I'm assisting Dan in his uh, in his. Uh, I'm the enforcer for. Uh, he's saving. For Dan yeah, he's saving me. He's by my side tomorrow. Oh, as okay. I the first game. If any players he's, get out of line. Exactly. <laughs> right. Dan, Dan's Dan's the DM. Darn it. That's his, that's his role. He's like, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's page nine or something on the DMG, right? That's you, just first thing you should do, the preamble. The DM is the final arbitrator. Shut your pie that all, Yeah, that always sets a good mood for a game at a convention, and that's your first line. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with your advice and do that. Yeah, As I said okay. yesterday, that's how player, we play. I said yesterday to a player, we were trying to argue with the DM, uh, when it was to our advantage, what the DM was saying, 
Uh, there's two things in life that are, are certain. You don't wake a sleeping kid and you don't argue with the dam. Yeah, exactly. There it is. Well, some of my folks don't agree with that. They like to argue. They'll argue for a bit, and I'll allow it for somewhat, but uh, um, I guess nowadays there's more arguing. It's more collaborative. Isn't that the term now, collaborative? Well, every, uh, the problem is everyone you know, has the DMG, and they bring it to the table. And, right. you know, so, you know. and I know these people coming from all over the country play it. You know, Everybody plays it slightly different, right? So... So the style of the group they play in back home is slightly different than the style of the game they just joined in. That is, like, yeah, they gotta they gotta deal with that. So what games so far halfway in? What has been the highlight? Has there been any uh, things that you were very happy with the games you've done? Maybe you can go over the sessions and how you how you think they've gone so far. I I've enjoyed myself a lot. Uh, the the very first thing we did was play. Uh, uh, kids on bikes with uh, Janelle Jacobs. Jacobs. I was pronounced last name. Um, and that was awesome because it was brand new. Everybody was brand new to it, and uh, it really turned out to be a, a really wonderful role playing game. I thought uh, that she, she ran really well. Yeah, I agree. And for uh, listeners or watchers out there who aren't familiar with uh, Janelle Jacobs, uh, you know. Uh, Dungeoneer magazine back in the 70s, in the mid-70s, then sort of worked for Judges Guild, wrote uh, a lot of famous adventures, including Dark Tower, Caverns of Thracia. Dark Tower was the only adventure, the not, only non-TSR adventure on the list of the top 30 adventures for D&D. So it was a real thrill to be able to game with her. Uh, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. That, that was a blast. So. Yeah, and other than that, I've uh, you know I've been in a few. Uh, I've just been playing D and D. My 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 I think my favorite part of the weekend was I was going to be going down to a game for fifth edition, which I'm not as big as fan of, and just randomly met some dudes in the hallway who were going to play first edition in the bar. And did that instead. <laughs> so you, you know now, that, like the person who was waiting know, for you right? is probably watching this game. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah, yeah. And like, uh, that's, I'm sure they're watching the show. And that's like, where they're like, like all mad at me. That's where they're, they're going to track me now. Yeah. But that, that was a lot of fun, just having yeah. a, like a cool edition game in the bar. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. In fact, the door is knocking right now. They're they're outside your door. They're coming yeah, in. Yeah. Police. Uh, yeah, the games. What's great about GaryCon is that the dungeon masters and the game masters typically put in a tremendous amount of effort uh, into their games. It's it's what's made me a bit nervous about running my game. Is they always have you know uh, props and you know if it's a scroll, a scroll tube appears and yeah. you know and and, and they, they really go all out. They spend a lot of time prepping for the games, and so the quality of the DMs here. Is, is pretty phenomenal. Um, and so I've been really fortunate. All the games I've had, I've had really good DMs. So it's, it's, it's been great. Yeah, last night's game, uh, uh, we had very impressive laminated uh, pictures of all the, you know, all the maps and the, the actual uh, non-player characters that we were uh, going up against. And it was really, really cool. Even every little... Magic item had its own little laminated uh, card type of thing, so that was that was a lot of. Uh, he obviously went through a lot of uh, a lot of work. I, I assume they had have very understanding, significant others. That's what yeah. I. Yeah. That's what I always get out of there. Right. 
So, so that's a good segue um, because uh, I don't know if our f- folks know that, Dan, you actually are running. You're running uh, uh, tomorrow morning. Is that correct? And maybe you can give a little uh, shout to what you're doing and then kind of segue into what kind of preparation. You know, you said the bar is pretty high there at Gary Khan. And so uh, this is your third year, I think. So maybe you can kind of talk about what you're running how you prepared for it, and um, you know maybe when you get back we can talk about how you felt it went. Sure. So I'm running tomorrow morning, Sunday at 8 a.m. our time, uh, running an adventure called the, the Halls of Tizithane, which is an adventure from White Dwarf magazine in 1980. It was written by Albie Fior, who sadly passed away about 10 years ago. It's probably, along with the Lichway, it's his best-known adventure. And I'll be running. What I did to prepare for it is, number one, I I decided on a six-hour slot. One of the downsides of convention games is typically the slots are four hours. And it's pretty hard to do a lot in four hours. And I know people who don't play D&D and role-playing games are stunned by four hours. seems so long. But as I think we all know and our most of our watchers will know, four hours is actually not a long time because players tend to time talking amongst themselves are very cautious what should we do so i decided on a six hour slot so i'll i'll, I'll see how that goes i want a little extra time and that, that's one of the nice things about gary con is as best i can tell at gary con if you want to run a game you can basically pick the amount of time you want you're not forced into a four-hour slot so what i did to prepare for tis and thane is first of course i you know i did research on how to prepare so to prepare for my game, I did research on how to prepare for a convention game. Everyone was saying is you need to uh, you, you need to play test your game, and so I run my group, and you you've been through it. Uh, I run Tis and Thane uh, for my group, and then I ran two play test sessions as well. So I've run Tis and Thane three times now. Uh, so that's the most important thing I did to prep it to get a sense of, of whether it fit within the time. Uh, the other thing I did was I actually I, I retyped the entire adventure. I, I, it's about 96 pages of notes. It's not it's it's a room per page, so it's not it's not all. But I have a big it's not it doesn't fill up every page. But I have a binder, and only now have I realize that maybe it's too much because you know sometimes you want it to be shorter. But so that's what I did. I play tested it three times. I took notes on everything. I, you, you know, you got to almost always come with pre-gen, pre-generated characters. Uh, you don't want people rolling up their characters at the table. That takes way too long, very risky to allow people in their characters because, you know, they'll, of course, bring an amazing character, which is going to screw up your game balance. And so you're generally at, at, at a convention game. If you're going to run the game, you're expected to bring pre-generated characters, which takes a lot of time to figure out the balance, what magic items they should have, print them out. I also did a backstory on the backside, so that way if the characters want to get into character, so to speak, they can. And I did a, uh, I did a map on a poster board of the, the, the halls of Tiz and Thane, and so that way map it. They don't need to do what you, you poor guys had to do, which is just do it from scratch on the graph sheet. And I um, just tell me when to stop. I uh, I, uh, no, I this, got is, this is great. I'm sure a lot of people want to know. No, this is good because uh, you know, like you said, one of the examples, the mapping versus 
you know, because you have a limited time, even six hours, which again, people are like, for God's sakes, I don't, I don't want to see anyone for six hours. But when you're playing and if it's a good session, you don't mind it. Um, you've, you've made the decision that uh, to draw out the map beforehand versus, quote unquote, having the players do it. What other kind of... So I think those are good tips that people would want to know when you're preparing based on your experience, the difference between running your home game versus uh, a convention game. Yeah, and I think about I think every game I've had, the the DM was doing the mapping, um, and so yeah, the players were not doing that. That takes way too long, um, and uh, I think that's that's the main thing. So you know, I did little uh, tent cards. You know, the, you know those so you can buy those little you know tent cards with the names. Yeah. And you're familiar with this, James. So I do it. For, you know, I print it out. It's very easy to do. It looks awfully fancy, but it's actually quite easy to do. Printed out the character names and have a little picture there, and because uh, usually at these games they're going to ask the players to write the character name and your name and what your class and what your race is on a little card and, and fold it and put it in front of you, and that's kind of nice because that way then you know you haven't gamed with these people before, you don't know the pre-gens, you can look around the table and say, oh well you're a ranger, you maybe you'll track. So if you're going to run one of these games, you don't need to be real fancy and get the tent card per se, but just bring bring a pack of index cards and a pen, a couple of vinyl, uh, black pens, you know, permanent markers. Give them to the players so that they can write their their names and the players' names and the other information and put them up there. Uh, and then you know, usually at these games, then you get like about 20 minutes or so to look over your characters figure out your spells. Uh, usually, or at least a lot of the DMs will give out a spell sheet for spellcasters. So I've got that photocopy because not everybody, if you're playing a first edition game, not everyone is going to have a first edition player's handbook. You can get them, but they can be expensive on eBay. So not everyone's going to have them and give out a, a list of spells. Um, and uh, I think, you know, I think my strategy for tomorrow actually is to just sort of just, I mean, just sort of kind of wing it in a sense. I mean, I've done a lot of prep. I was doing a prep with Joe. Joe's nice enough to sit with me. And I, I think I was trying to, like, read too much and make sure I covered everything. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to be just a little – you know, I've run this thing three yeah. times. I think I'm just going to sort of go with the flow um, and, and not worry about things too much. So so we'll see. So that's what I did to prep. Okay. Uh, Joe, are you playing in the game or are you going to co-DM? Is, uh, is that what I heard? I'm gonna. Uh, I'm the assistant uh, DM, so, okay. so I'm, I'm gonna try and keep keep people on time. Uh, try and uh, and just get, you know just give uh, Dan a little bit of assistance to keep the game flowing. Yeah, because there's as you may recall from this adventure, and I don't want to give away too much because you know there's that watch party <laughs> that's happening now. It probably has all of my players. Exactly, all, it, right? all, yeah. all your players yeah. are like it. They, they've actually they've taken early flights now. They're they're actually headed back. They're debating Sunday afternoon. Now nah, we'll leave Saturday. We'll leave tomorrow tonight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they and they they probably gamed with me, and they're like, "Wait, is that the dude who's running our Sunday morning game?" <laughs> they're like, no. "This guy knows nothing. <laughs> so, so he's a terrible player." Uh, so, uh, so in this adventure, as you may recall, time is important. So so I've asked Joe to do some of, and you've been kind enough to agree to do some of the more mundane things, like actually keep track of time. What time is it? 
You know, is it 10 o'clock? Yeah. Is it noon? Um, and so, you think, yeah. It's important in this adventure. It is. And there's a wandering monster table, which I know in a convention oh. game, maybe you don't want to get used too much. But, yeah, that can bog things out. But you could at least do some rolls and let me know, and then I'll decide yeah. whether, yeah, I want you to run into that, you know, lich <laughs> or not. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he, he's, he, he's going to co-DM it with me. Do you, uh, So when you prep, and I don't know, uh, do you... Do you know who the players are? I mean, you know that people have registered, but do you actually know the people? And can you contact them to prep them, or you just deal with them as they come? No, so you do. You get here at GaryCon, you get a list of names. Yeah, so I know the names of the people who are are going to be in it. So uh, you know, I could contact them. There is a way to do that, mm-hmm. and um, several DMs did do that. I will tell you, I did not do that, and I made the conscious decision not. To do it, and the reason being is that I have found that when I get information in advance for a game, I don't. To be honest, I don't pay a lot of attention to it. I don't. I'm, I don't. I don't read the background. I know that when I get to the game, I'm going to be given the background again anyway, because the DM quite understandably is going to assume there's people like me who don't. So it's a vicious circle, I guess. Right? I yeah. Mean, yeah. No, I, don't, I don't do it because I know they're going to give it to me. And they give it to me because they know I'm not going to read it. So why do it? Right. Yeah. And there's so many yeah. games, I'm going to forget yeah, exactly. the background. So if I read it two days before, I'm going to forget. Like, what adventure is this again anyway? Who's the baddie? Um, and I, so I personally don't like to get information in advance because I'm not going to read it. And then I'll feel guilty that I didn't read it. Should I have read? Yeah, that's the way I, I go. Um, and so, no, I figured, look, six hours, you're at a convention. You've got lots of games. You don't need to do homework yeah. for my game. Don't feel like you need to do homework. You just show up. I'll give you half an hour. We've got six hours. Uh, so, uh, but, but you certainly can uh, send it out, uh, information, if you want. But uh, I'm, I had a signed up, signed up in the first round, uh, which are gold members. And that makes me nervous because I figure if you're a gold member, you probably know your rules. Yeah. Uh, but, so. <laughs> yeah those guys are the uh, the super uh, super serious people. Right. Usually. Right. Right. So I don't know. We'll see. It, it, it is what it is. But that's my the favorite t- part. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. That's my favorite part of uh, uh, Dan's uh, uh, adventure is his uh, his focus on uh, uh, a weather system. Yeah, there's a weather system. Yeah, I'm the, the, this is my this is my uh, this, this is what I'm looking forward to. Perfect. <laughs> I've got the right guy with you. Yeah, I've got 30 days. Uh, you know, because who in a who in a six hour convention game doesn't want to know about the weather, right? I mean, so, right. And I and I even I even bought a 30 sided die. This is the only thing which is not is not going to be genuine. Retro, because yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So I'm I, was, look, I was surprised to see a thirty thousand. What the hell is that? I'm gonna go a little yeah. new school with that. It's the only thing that that that's anachronistic. But I'm gonna I've got a thirty sided die to roll for weather. So yeah, you know, and what's surprising is well, never mind, because I don't want to give anything away about the weather. We can right. talk about the, the crazy weather rolls. Yeah, next yeah. time it it does it does play a role in the adventure. Oh yeah, no, and it, it actually does. Weather yeah. does does play a role, so to speak. So that just being. Um, well, well, you're right. I mean, it's interesting. Well, I can't wait to hear the weather blow by blow. Perhaps you could tweet live tweet to today's oh, weather. Game. Yeah. Oh, you can. Yeah. You can be <laughs> tweeting the, oh, Dan, this is going down in flames. <laughs> Dan is sweating and I'm laughing. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, you can. Yeah. If you, uh, follow, uh, at grog talk, you will, I'll retweet your posts, Joe, and you can just have 
Yeah, so good this game. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be good. But you know that's interesting. Light out tonight. No, no, no. You got I, I like I've you've did a great job uh, running that. I mean, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, you know, we'll have to do a podcast on nostalgia versus expectations, and um, some of these modules. Uh, if you try to play them as is, if we don't have the context of them, because they're actually predate when I played them, uh, when I started playing in the early 80s, they're even before that, just even the style of play and what was expected, because, you know, Dan will tell us, oh, this is in this room. I'm like, what? You've got to be kidding me. We're second level. How is that? How is that possible? And one of the ones we ran, I think we were first level and we were getting limited wish scrolls and uh, whatever delay blast fireball and yeah that's that's right yeah yeah that's that is correct there was, there was a yeah wish spell so uh, yeah so uh, multiple yeah it was what was it multiple oh, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's a whole case you're supposed to use it on the vampire come on uh, and well, yeah, that was that one. There was the specter and all, all kinds. But I, I think that was interesting that, you know, some DMs uh, want to pre, you know, like you said, give homework. And the interesting part about it is like, you know, for the player, right, you're going to how many sessions? You're doing what, six or seven, eight sessions during the, the weekend. And, you know, at, at least. Yeah. And, I... Well, go okay. ahead. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, yeah, I did. Um, I was scheduled to do 16 nonstop hours yesterday. Our last game finished early. Mm-hmm. I started at 9 a.m. and I finished at 11:30 p.m. with literally no break between <laughs> games. So I really so, wanted to do the 16 straight hours, but the game finished early. So, yeah. So yeah, you're you're playing a lot of games. Is is that like an iron? Can you get an iron butt like the people who ride on motorcycles uh, get that uh, award most hours in the chair? Well, the lawyer, yeah, they were going to do that, but the lawyers advised against <laughs> encouraging that. So that, that got nixed by the lawyers, I hear. Get the deep th- uh, deep thrombosis, like if you're on a flight to Mumbai or something where your uh, legs collapse. But, you know, that's interesting. You, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry, Dan. I was just going to say it's. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I mean, the, the Skype is thanks to thanks Microsoft and the internet, but at least it's working. Um, I just think it's interesting. Like I said, if I think that's good advice, you know, you're basically both from a player and a DM perspective. I know if I was going to run something like that, I would put a lot of effort and try to get with the players and, and try to front load that. But to your point, you're going to multiple uh, events. You're not. You're not going to spend hours preparing for each of them. You just want to show up, and you want to be working. So I think that's good advice for DMs who are going to run a con. Because uh, I'm sure Joe, uh, you've already booked your time to come down in October to come to uh, you know GrogCon here. This is the whole reason we're doing this. And so I know um, we're going to put a lot of time in these, but we should be careful not to expect a whole lot from players because they want to show up and they want to play the game and and have it all available and not do, as you said, a bunch of homework. So um, what other advice now that you've, uh, you know, you're, you're prepared, you've done a couple of play tests, you're doing the mapping, uh, you talked about encounters. Um, what about rules? Do you spend a lot of time figuring them out, you know, or do you're just going to wing it and rely on the players? What's your strategy when it comes to rule adjudication for tomorrow? So 
what I've been doing, I, I've been cramming a little bit. I mean, as you know, that I have, I prepared a document with about 16 pages summarizing the rules. And I've been reading that to try to, you know, remember the rules. Uh, you know, the good news is for me is I feel like most of the uh, the rules, you know, I, I know. So in other words, in the, the first edition games that I've been in, I, it's been nice that I feel like I've known some things that other people haven't. You know, like, oh, well, where's how, how long does it take? You know, how long are undead turned for? And, you know, you know, the, the DM's looking in the player's handbook, and I'm like, well, no, it's actually the DMG. You'll find it after the combat <laughs> table, right? I mean, so it, it gave me a little bit of confidence. Um, the thing that I struggle with is, is spells. Um, you know, there's so many spells, um, and so I think what I'm going to, you know, for a lot of the things that I'm gonna have to rely on the players on is spells. You know, tell me what your spell does, because I don't. I'm not gonna remember. I'm not like some of these DMs here are pretty amazing. That when I tell them I do this spell, they know exactly what it is. They adjudicate it immediately. I'll be slower with that. I'll be like, okay, tell me what that spell does. Um, I think you know one of the things that I'm still debating on are things like armor class adjustment. Nobody, nobody uses AC adjustment. Uh, but I've got it on the sheets, so um, I, I may use AC. I assume people will groan. I mean, that's not, you know. So some of the things that I think you've got to decide when you're running a game at a convention is is which rules are you going to dispense with? Because so many rules, you know, we know things like encumbrance, AC adjustment uh, was was modified and not, you know, not used in games. Um, and initiative. People, every game, it seems like, is different on the initiative yeah. system. I, I was, I'm stunned to find out how many people don't use, by the book, just party initiative. And I get, I guess that shows that people are, in general are unhappy yeah. with it. I think DMs and players really seem to like individual initiative. So I think that's the kind of things that DMs need to think about. What rules are going to dispense with? What house rules are they going to use? Yeah, no, that's right. So, so Joe, as a as a player, you know, you played a long time, and and you coming back into the hobby, you know, as Dan was saying, the different styles. Is there any new rules or way DMs have been de- uh, running the games or players that you're like, oh, that's interesting. We would have never played it that way. You know, that's I think this is the big advantage of going to a con. You start seeing the other styles. What was the thing yesterday that I noticed uh, on my character sheet that was an old rule? I don't remember. Um, but either way, but yeah, yeah, no, everybody. That that's that's one of the one of the it's one of the cool things in some ways about uh, Gary Khan is that you sit down with a bunch of people, and some people you know know like everything, but then you know a player will be by your side, be like, oh, I haven't played first edition in like five years, and we'll. I'll have to kind of refresh their memory a little bit on a lot of things, but there's a lot of stuff I, you know, it's you know coming back into it. There's a lot of stuff I. Uh, it's amazing how much stuff comes back to you very quickly. You're picking up fast. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and then uh, then also stuff that you were like, I don't, even, I have no memory of ever playing this. Well, maybe we didn't. I don't, you know, and that's that's a thing. It's like uh, it, it's it's been interesting. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think that's that's always a little bit of investment. The uh, and how many players are typically in, in on a table? Because you know that's something that we've been uh, getting used to. Back in the day, we would play with three or four 
at most five. And, you know, our games were running seven, eight, nine, ten. So what's been the average uh, for the games you've been in? So, yeah, I, I think above anywhere from five to seven players usually five to six yeah i've had yeah it's it's usually you know five to i mean we have one tonight i think where it's 10 and joe's gonna, gonna jump in the dm said he can it might be 11 um and, and i'm glad you asked that question because i can tell you so if you're thinking of running a game at gary con i would recommend that you not have more than six players i'm gonna have six players tomorrow assuming everyone shows up and that's another thing too I don't mean to digress. Well, I guess I do mean to digress. Is that there are there's there sometimes there'll be no shows. So if a game is filled up and but you really want to be in it and you've got an open slot, you should wander down and uh, talk to the DM and and there's a good chance there may be a no show uh, to some of these games. But I can tell you that from a player side, when I'm in a game with eight players at that convention like GaryCon. I don't get to participate all that much. What what often happens is if you've got eight players, there's a good chance that you're going to have two players who are very strong personalities. Sure. They like to lead. They're you know they're they're the ones talking. And and what happens is if you have a lot of players, it's very easy to then not be able to do a lot. Um, and so I tend not to be a big fan of. And, oh, and I tell you too, if you have eight players or more. Conventions are noisy. Yes, you're you're at a table with eight players, and there's tables all around, and it's noisy. And with eight players spread out, it gets very hard to hear things. And so, not only are you not getting to participate as much as you'd want, Mm. a lot of times you're you're like, "What's that? What happened? Who's that? What's that line?" You don't know what's going on. So, I would I would encourage DMs to try to keep it smaller. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yesterday we we uh, played that game last night, and. uh, we got the bathroom break, and we're walking back in the bathroom, and Dan's like, can you tell me, give me a summary of what's happening? <laughs> well, that, that, that's a different issue, though. That, that, that's because I'm slow. I don't, no, no. I don't pick up stuff a lot orally very well. I'm more of a, I, 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 I learn through reading, not through getting it orally. We, we went with seven or eight people, right? And it was a fairly big table, and it was noisy. Area. So, like, when somebody would start, when people in the party was doing different things at the same time, I couldn't always hear what the two people over there were yeah. were. On about that's the only negative experience. Sometimes you got there's like one table who's just you know they're raucous and they're like they're putting up all this noise and stuff like that and they're like just you know bellowing and stuff like that. Yeah, and it really kind of it's a kind of, it can be a little distracting, but that's a, it's a minor complaint. And, and if I, yeah, and, and if I get uh, some advice for DMs, and again, this is getting stuff from player side. This is not advice for me as being a DM at Gary because I haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. But is that it, you know, get all your players involved. So if there's, you know, you're going to have the quiet guys that are sitting there not doing anything. And if players haven't said anything for about an hour into the game, you know, have them find, come across the concealed door, whatever, right? right. Or they find, get them involved somehow. Because it's very easy to, as you might imagine, at, at a convention like this, you're going to have some people who have strong personalities, um, and that's great because you know they lead things and they usually know the rules very well. But you want to make sure that you know all your players get. It's very easy when when you don't know anybody else at the table. Yeah, because this is what's going down. Is is you show up, you may be alone, 
And if you're sort of have a shy personality, you're going to be reluctant to speak anyway. And then if you've got a couple people who love to speak, you can kind of get squeezed out. So I encourage DMs to, uh, uh, to get everyone involved. And I'd like to mention before I forget, this game I was in with, boy, the kids must have been, <laughs> one was 11. So a mother shows up with her two kids. One was 11, and I, the, the sister is a boy, and the sister was probably like 9 or 10. I, I don't know. Another boy shows up alone who must be like 9. <laughs> and it's me and this other guy with them. And I'm like, well, this should be interesting. Oh, the mom just left them there? No, no, the mom was there. Oh, and the sure? mom okay. stayed. And, and I got to tell you, so <laughs> this game was hilarious. This was one of the best games I've ever been in. The kids were so funny. So the kids, so we, we captured this goblin, and I'm a ranger, and I learned this thing, right? I mean, we're going to interrogate this goblin, and mom's a paladin. I'm like, I know she's with me, right? This thing's evil. Nits make lice. We're going to kill this thing. The kids are trying to talk to the goblin, like, why are you evil? Maybe you should be good. And the thief, the thief, goblin, go. Get tied up the goblin, and the goblin's running away. And like the thief is totally fine with this. And it's just the things they would do. You would think maybe it would be annoying. It was actually wildly entertaining. And it was so. I actually thought it was so much fun. I think if we come back, I would want to run a game just for like ages, like eight <laughs> to eleven, you know, and just yeah, yeah. see what they do. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that was that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I- I think that's a, th- I'm not saying it's a, a new thing, but I know I've seen podcast. I've listened to podcasts where um, that's what people are doing. They're using it uh, in schools. They're running at their local libraries, you know, because um, there's a gap uh, uh, for programming at, at, at libraries. And so people are trying to introduce the next generation and, you know, that, that kind of runs the gamut. I think we should certainly uh, talk about that in the podcast because, you know, we're 20 years away from people not playing first edition because the people who played it. So if we want people to play older games and or D&D, you've got to get the youngins to play. I mean, um, you know, I play with uh, two, of, two of the three of my children when I can. Um, and they're teenagers and above. And, and I used to play with them when they were young. And it's a lot of fun. You have to change the game a little bit. Um, certainly some of those 70s uh, modules may not be appropriate for uh, them, the, at least the ones you've run, Dan. I'd be like, yeah, we don't want to talk about what happened in the room with the trolls or whatever that happened, uh, the one you had. That's that's not good. The fornicating trolls. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Yep, the yeah. door. And, yeah, they, yeah the 70s music, yeah. porn music. Comes <laughs> I don't think literally, but yeah, there's two, two trolls fornicating. And, you know, I play them as written. And so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, but no, it, it, it was it was refreshing, though, to instead of stressing so much about mm-hmm. winning D&D, we just started having a good time. And, and the DM was great because he did he was very colorful and, and did great with the kids. And so we all sort of got into it. And so, um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. My friend so, Tim, uh, back sometimes really plays more um he's a librarian in the philly uh system and he he runs uh, D games for for the kids he does like uh, uh and other games too but he, he runs D games for kids that are between about those ages up to, up to 14 i think actually mm-hmm. 
But uh, so he he loves doing that. It's, it's like the creativity of children really comes through in D and D. Yeah. So it just I got to do this one little <laughs> event where the goblin was hurt because you know so the goblin gets to run away and I of course throw a spear at the goblin. Remember Ranger? I'm not this yeah. goblin can't go free. So I throw a spear and they, you know the other party members come up to the goblin and how is he? Oh, he's not doing too well. He and the DM says the goblin needs you know attention. So the 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 girl says, okay, I wave at the goblin and say, <laughs> well, he meant medical attention, <laughs> just any sort of attention, but it was refreshing. So, so. Uh. Oh, that's that's great. Um, right, switching. Uh, are you guys doing any tournament play, or is it just straight running adventures while you're there? Yeah, no tournament. No tournament there. I don't. I don't have much of an interest in. Tournament, I don't know. Tournament placing, I don't like to be, I hate being judged on my D&D abilities. I mean, I work, and, you know, I'm judged at work. I, you know, I don't want to. Well, fun. Yeah, do I really want to feel bad about that I'm a bad? Look, look, we know, James, we know I'm not a good D&D player. Oh, then let me tell you, I played a thief, I'm checking for traps everywhere, all right? You know, so I've learned my lesson. I, um... Uh, yeah, no, I'm judged at work. I don't want to be judged playing D and D, so I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm probably too sensitive, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to come. And this is my first shot, so I wanted to come just play. Ah, but ready? Oh, hold on a second. Okay, but talk about being judged. So I got to show you something. Hang on, I'll be right back. Let me find okay. this. Where? This this is compelling live stream video. Dan just walks out. That's a off screen here. I'm going off screen. I got to find this. Hold on. Ah. <laughs> uh. No, but I highly recommend kids, uh, the, kid, the kids on bikes game. Um, is a, it would be a great game to play with your. Okay, that's what I plan on doing. Oh, kids on bikes. Yeah. I want to run. If you come next, this game. Yeah, I'm definitely doing it in Philly. Yeah, it's, it's kids on bike. So kids, people don't know. So Janelle Jayquay's running this kids on bikes game. So I just, I wanted to play with Janelle Jayquiz. So I signed up. I didn't care what game it was. I wanted to be in it. And so we signed up for this game, Kids on Bike. And it's basically it's Stranger Things. So you're a bunch of kids, you have your bikes, and you know, you ride around trying to solve this mystery. And she set it in the in the late 60s in Michigan from her hometown. So, but you know, you so what you could do if you run a game, you know, so set it in 1981, if that's yeah. when you were 12 or whatever. And, you know, you get to talk about the music. It's very nostalgic. So you talk about the music that you've been enjoying. And, it's, you know, you need your flashlight, you know, and, and there's no cell phones. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, so so I, was in, uh, I, I was in an adventure by Carlos Leising, who is an absolutely fun DM. He's, he's pretty amazing. He... James, you you know have noted before how when I came back from one of the Gary Cons, when I was DMing, I started giving a lot of descriptions of the combat. You know, uh, the arm is severed and all that kind of stuff. And I got that from Carlos. And I know he's not the only. I think what like the role for initiative power, whoever I don't or say whatever I don't know. These other people have done it. Obviously, he's not the only one. But he's sure. particularly he's particularly good at it. And so I I got into his game last night. I was very happy about that. And so you see, I've got his module here. And Joe, I want you to read the inscription in this module and, and tell everyone what this says. So for those of you who have watched the adventures of Pixie and Glades, I want you to read what the inscription says. Uh, one, it's very awesome. I'm sure you can't see it on the Skype, but it's very awesome handwriting. It is. Uh, to Dan, 
most outstanding player, exclamation point, Carlos Lysing. Lysing. I, think, I, I think Dan might have actually written this. Did he, did he, <laughs> did he speak clearly enough? Did everyone yeah. get that out there? Yeah. Like, I, I, to Dan, <laughs> most think, outstanding player. No, and you know what I played? What? You know what I played. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Well, we're done. We're done for today. Thanks. That's uh, a gnome illusionist thief, I assume. You got it. And, and, and most outstanding player with a gnome illusionist thief. Okay. But now I got it. Now I got to fess up. Okay. There, 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 there's some backstory to this. So at the end of the game, he usually picks the most outstanding player. And he said, we all did a great job. And he really couldn't decide. So he decided to roll dice. <laughs> Whoever was highest was good. I'm, 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 I'm honest to a fault. So we were gonna roll dice. So, so the guy, so, so the guy next to me rolls a zero zero, and you can see this coming. I roll, I roll a zero zero. Wow. And so we both, yeah, so we both, you yeah, both got we both, player. we both got it signed by him. So yeah, yeah so most outstanding player. So. I thought it was uh, all of them say to a most outstanding player, and it's just blank, and you just fill in your own name. So that's good too. That's I like that. You you actually got a good die roll, Dan. That's impressive. Usually for you, playing is not that doesn't happen for oh, you. Oh, those white dice? No, yeah, they've been terrible again. Horrible. I brought the white dice. No, they've been awful. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the DMs there, if if they if we ever get any notoriety, they'll be like, "Oh no, you we're not worried about your dice, Dan. We know they're terrible." Yeah. So it's pretty sad. Some of our highlights of our podcast, a num- a couple of people have commented on the best part was when we had six rounds of combat and no one hit. Yeah. Oh yeah. yes. That was the the highlight. Neither, like they not even the. Uh, oh yeah, no. It's for those if those who are fans of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was like the fight between Xander and um, uh, well, who's the one who had minions? Uh, Harmony. Harmony. Where it's like the slap fight, yeah. and they're all missing. So yeah, no, that's that's usually my combat against a goblin. Yeah, so there are two two goblins against Dan's two characters. The plan didn't go well, and it looked like it was going to be curtains, but we went round after round of no one hitting. I think they basically needed a 15 or above. So it was like a one in four chance of hitting. And, and each of them went rounds and rounds missing. That was the highlight. Yeah. We just agreed to quit. Yeah, we just walked away. Yeah. No, I, I think at some point I forgot who did it. I, you know, and, and then there was the zero level NPC who helped out, who was the thing there. So, yeah, it's really not necessary to do a recap on this, right? I, I think we should move on to a different subject, shouldn't we? <laughs> well, yeah, there's I have the bonus um, play that I haven't posted yet. I was gonna I'll, I'm gonna post it today with this thing. Uh, yeah, so um, we talked about tournament. What does that say, Joe? Uh, most outstanding player. Yeah, okay. Have I told you the story about how I got most outstanding <laughs> yeah. player? Yeah, I like it. That's very gay, you know. That's what makes conventions great. Um, how about do you see new technology or people, you know, using anything that you wouldn't have expected over the years since you've been going, or something that's kind of novel um, besides some of the props? Um, I haven't seen too much. I mean, I saw somebody had a raised whiteboard, so it was on a little stand, and it was interesting. He announced the reason he had the raised whiteboard was because food 
is serve table side here. You can order table side. And so there was, it was actually so that way you could eat your food and it wouldn't interfere with the map, which I thought that's that's dedication. Um, no, um, I mean, I guess there is. I mean, I do first edition games, so that tends to be real old school. It's, you know, you don't have a lot of time to to do a lot of intricate things, I don't think. Uh, most people here will just have a battle and that's about it minis are not used all that much they're used a little bit but just like where are you it's not as intricate as okay you move how what's your movement you can move 12 okay you move there's really not that i don't think there's enough time which is actually refreshing for me because i'm not, i'm not a big fan of of that i you know you know i don't like even though i love war games i don't like it when he turns to war games so i haven't really noticed no, no, not not in these type of games. I mean, the the war gaming room is really impressive. Like, but the the real main props. Yeah, the miniature like war gaming. <clears throat> I mean, I just you know I don't play this stuff, but I love, love going in there and just checking it out because it's uh, like the detail that these these people put into it is just unreal. But and there 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 will be like these special games. So there will be, you know, games where, you know, the luminaries are running the game and they're, you know, very hard to get into. And they're kind of off on the side. And you just kind of like look in there and you see like a enormous <laughs> table, right, with like about 12 people sitting yeah, around this more. table. Yeah. And, you know, there's <clears throat> these luminaries are running the game. You know, the great thing about Gary Khan, they have things called featured events. And if you get a silver badge, you only get one featured event. And, you know, a featured event is typically some, you know, some name DMs from the game. Like, like our featured event was Janelle J. Christ, and, and it was amazing. So I'm really happy I did that one. The great thing about GaryCon is I wouldn't focus too much on featured. You can if you want. I know a lot of people like to meet the luminaries. They get a kick out of that. And obviously I, I did that with the J. Christ game. But, you know, the DMs here are so good generally that if you have no featured events, you're some of your best games – will be games that weren't, fe you know, you, you could go to a featured event and it was okay. And you go to a game that's not a featured event. You've never heard of this DM. Who is this guy? And it's an amazing game. So I think that's yeah. what's nice about it. It's like going, going to college, right? You, have, <clears throat> you can get that class with that luminary professor. It doesn't necessarily mean the class is going to be good. Exactly. <clears throat> so... All right. Well, I, I know you guys have uh, got a big... Uh, uh, events coming up and you've got to get ready for what you started in about an hour or so is that correct or when are you uh when's your next uh event yeah we've got a game with that now i've got a game today at uh, 10 here in uh, wisconsin time which is, i think we're central time aren't we? yeah and uh joe's got uh he's seeing uh, oh he's seeing a program on D and d and art yeah yeah the early early art of early uh D &D. um uh, my morning game got canceled the uh dm had a issues so yeah so. yep and for we've got a game with vic dorso a dm who of course is has i don't know why i said of course has uh <laughs> of course he's hosted a game here in orlando for us well, all dms come to orlando his games uh, don't oh, they yeah. for us it's like, it is it's like a pilgrimage <laughs> and uh yeah four o'clock with vic dorso so shout out to uh, vic dorso a friend of uh, the grognards guild um so excited to eat and and Vic really enjoys killing characters, so it's really a, kind of a, a rivalry thing here that I think we're going to want to, you know, be successful with that one just despite Vic. 
Yeah, he, uh, he he was good enough to let me in despite not having registered for his game. One more character to kill. That's yeah, why he that, wants that, you yeah, there. Yeah, he, that's why I'm, I'm like, I'm a red shirt. He looks at you. You're literally a red shirt. I'm wearing this because I'm a red shirt. I'm from dead within an hour. Right, right. <laughs> so of course he's going to let you into the game. You know, it's like you'll be yeah. gone in an hour. Right. <clears throat> yeah, the challenge is going to be, does he kill you right away or let you linger? So you think, maybe I'm actually going to survive this session and then... Of course, that was... It was four uh, hours, so maybe it was... Oh, that's good. Well, you know, my my character, the cleric, you know, Touche, uh, is I... Well, I don't want to... His name, you know, because I don't want to say the cleric's name because you guys all take it the wrong way. He was a cleric, and I gave him a name. No, and you guys all took it the wrong way and twisted the meaning, and it was awful. Touchy-feely? was the thing? It's how you feel good. He's a cleric. He lays on hands. He does lay on hands. He's See? A, he's a exactly. He's a See? He's a Catholic cleric. It's not the way... <laughs> That's not the way it was meant. Exactly. That's not the way it was meant. And so you guys totally twisted it. But he, as you know, yeah, he's captured. He's wearing an apron. I, you know, I tried to put an apron on to imitate. I was a half war to look like a, a cook. That went nowhere. You got two kinds of DMs, as you know. Those that when you put on the, the apron and say you want to imitate the orc cook to infiltrate the place where loves they love it and the others that like they just roll their eyes and they stare at you with a lion face like yeah and vic was vic was the latter not <laughs> not the former and so I, yeah i'm somewhere trapped with an apron in this dungeon or whatever so yeah so you don't you don't always die in his adventure so yeah but so right. that, that that's all just get trapped so yeah <laughs> Well, Joe, uh, that the art in early D and D will be interesting. If uh, one of our suggestions in our uh, we have a suggestion segment was Art and Arcana. I don't know if uh, if uh, Dan talked to you about that book. It's a great book. You may want to pick it up if you haven't seen it. Yeah, you mentioned it, yeah. So, uh, so we, at, you know, before we go, why don't uh, you know? We'll as part of our suggestion segment, why don't each of you kind of give us a suggestion either for the week or you know as you know as Conventioneers, what is your suggestion when you, if if you are to go to GaryCon next year, what's the top advice or something that you would do uh, so far that you've seen uh, based on your experience? Um, for me, I just I, I just think like I would be a little more uh, prepared with uh, uh, a little more re- research and uh, up on on the rules a little bit. And and uh, I think it's really the main thing. Otherwise, I, I I think I've been able to fit right in, even as a fairly new uh, new new, new to this uh, type of person. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I I, th- I think I could be a little better at the uh, recalling some of my uh, some of the rules. Yeah, and I think uh, I, my suggestion would be to not believe there's any right way. <laughs> to do a con. So, you know, a lot of the advice that you'll get from a convention is make sure you've got a lot of breaks in between games. Don't, you know, don't overexert yourself. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people. So like, like in this particular convention, I think the way it's worked out, Joe and I have had probably very different experiences Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe that's by choice, maybe it's not, but the reality is you can have fun in many different ways. So Joe has approached it in a way you've been a more laid back, I, I, mean, I, I would like to have, have had a couple more games, yeah. especially when I got canceled this morning. Um, but so like a little bit less than I would have liked. But like uh, I'm definitely a 
any kind of conference I go to, whether it's you know political or uh, something like this, I try and uh, pace myself a bit. Yeah, so so you know they, they often advise you whoever that is, right? The people, the people who do YouTube videos, uh, you know, and podcasts, they will tell you to pace yourself, don't overexert yourself, take breaks between games, and I think for a lot of people, you know, that's good advice. But you know, I was I would I did a, you know fourteen you know did I, did I mention how I did more than fourteen straight hours of game without a break? Um, and, and I was fine with that. I loved it. I mean, I don't know if I could do that for four days or three days, but I had no problem with it. I had no issue, um, and I enjoyed it. So, you know, I think approach the convention the way you want to approach it. If you know that you want to squeeze every minute you can out of the convention, this is your one chance to game because when you go back home, all your friends are doing other stuff, and you have no one to game with. And I think that's true for a lot of people who come to this convention. This is the one time that they're going to be able to game for the year. Maybe. And if that's true, true and yeah. you want to squeeze out a ton of games, you should do that. Go for it. See how it works. But if you also want to just relax, you know, it's like a ski vacation. There's some people that, like, they need yeah. every run. If, if, if the ski lifts are open, they're skiing. And there's other people who they like to spend a lot of time in the lodge relaxing and they go out and ski every now and then. So my suggestion would be just approach the convention the way you think you would enjoy the convention. Don't worry so much about what other people are telling you mm -hmm. you should do. Right. And kind of a segue or a follow on is how is the evening activities? Have you partaken in that? Does that, is it pretty, does it button up right after the convention or people, you know, partying on or whatever? What's, what kind of uh, post uh, convention shenanigans that you can report upon? This is definitely a question for you. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. I'm getting just, I mean, the people are just hanging at the bar and, uh, and, and just, you know, talking about their games for the day and stuff like that. It's been pretty chill. There's, there's a few, uh, you know, like uh, people who are doing the whole like hair of the dog thing. So they'll have like their, their Bloody Mary after being at the bar, closing down the bar, then having their Bloody Mary at the 8 o'clock game. Um, so there's some serious, uh, uh, you know, some hardcore people like that. But for the most part, it's pretty, it's pretty chilled out. You sort of hang at the bar. Somebody wanders up. You have a little conversation with them about how their, uh, the con is going and and uh, just ha it's kind of relaxed. It's, it's been nice so far. Yeah, the, the only thing I guess I was a little disappointed about is that we came in early on Wednesday because we were going to look for a Wednesday night oh. game. And it seemed to me that most of the people on Wednesday night were, were catching up with each other. Mm -hmm. They were drinking. They were socializing. And if anyone was game, there was a few games that we saw. And if anyone was gaming, it was with people that they knew. And so I wasn't. A, I didn't find a Wednesday night game. So my my thought on that is, if you're going to want to play on Wednesday night, you may want to come and have your own game ready to set up and see if you can attract people. Though, though I have been successful in the past. Last year. We found a game, so but. Um, but I think if you set up a game, people will come. Because there's, I think there's a lot of other people looking for that. And right, <clears throat> right. Yeah, it's a kind of a pickup game. Okay, well that's that's good advice. Well, I uh, I appreciate you guys dialing in and uh, being part of the show, and I wish you guys have a great trip. And you guys are, uh, I know Dan, it's going to go great. Uh, are you going to pick a best player when you're done? Are you going to sign? No, no, I'm glad. You, no, I, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that because I got to tell you that, you know, I, and this sort of follows the theme that when I come to a convention, I don't want to be judged. 
I don't want to feel bad about how I played, you know? So, no, I think that this idea of the best play, it makes, I don't know, being on the player side, it, it makes me a little, all of us, you know, we were all in this together. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden at the end, there's this idea that someone's going to be singled out as having been than everybody else. And I don't know, maybe it doesn't bother other people. It's sort of arbitrary, you know, too. I mean, like, what does that mean even? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think you should pick the worst player. We, that would be bad. The worst <laughs> yeah. player, well, yeah. Pick the worst player. Of that, I, right. Yeah. Who annoyed you? No, I mean, yeah, yeah, the most annoying player. Yeah. Yeah, no one's annoying. <laughs> We're just kidding. So, um, so... And, 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 and sometimes they uh, some DMs also have the players pick, and you actually you do that while you're standing there. It's like they go wow. to you, they look at you, and they're like, "Who do you think?" That's weird. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I actually haven't had, had that happen. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know. Maybe you know. I, maybe other people like that. I don't like that. It, yeah, it, I think it's I, just to me. It's like your 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 team. So so no, well, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. All right. Well, great, guys. I wish you the best. And uh, Dan, we'll see you when you get back. And uh, Joe, it's nice meeting you. Hopefully, if you uh, come back next to the woods, you can jump in on one of our games. We'd love to have you. And you can see the shenanigans on our side. So uh, signing off from uh, Grog Talk uh, South, this is uh, James. This is Dan. I'm Joe. Hey, you guys have a great Gary Con, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye now. Thanks, James. Thanks a lot. This is Bill, a pushy, a big production. All rights reserved.